Welcome to the Valley Brook Community Church Podcast, and thank you for joining us online today. You're about to hear a message from our current study, What's in a Name? What's in a Name dives into the history and significance of the names of God found in the Old Testament. During this series, we'll drill down into eight of the Hebrew names for God and learn what they reveal about who God is for us. To watch any of our previous messages or find all listening platforms, we encourage you to visit www.valleybrook.cc forward slash on demand. Enjoy. Good morning, everybody. It's good to see you here in the house as well as those of you who are online. Now, I don't want to stress you out, but today is October 23rd, and that means it's five weeks away until Thanksgiving, and it's nine weeks exactly away to Christmas Day. Now, Again, I'm not saying that to stress you out, but really to to sort of jump into today's message. Because if you're like my home, and this could be a generational thing, but in my house, we actually have a, a dedicated set of plates, cups, glasses, and silverware that we really only get out for Thanksgiving and Christmas um, for those two big feasts. Um, you know, they're, they're set aside. They're, they're very special. Uh, part of that is because they're much more expensive than the everyday wear. And, and I have learned that, you know, today uh, when couples get married, they don't register China and, and crystal and silverware like they did when we got married. But, but you know, that's sort of the purpose of those. Now, and in my house, we actually have something called a, a china cabinet. Some of you know what those are. Um, I mean, it's sort of like a shrine <laughs> to plates and cups and glasses and, and uh, you know, it's, it's a strange piece of furniture because... You know, you get to look at those plates and cups and glasses between now and Thanksgiving meal and, and Christmas meal, but, but otherwise, they just they stay there. Um, thankfully, it keeps them from getting dusty, but that's, that's probably the most utilitarian thing about a china cabinet. Now, I, I, I say that today because I'm, I'm moving into a message uh, that is important because you'll see this because, you know, those plates, those cups, those glasses, that silverware, they're set aside for something special. They, they, they've been placed aside for a special event, a special day, even if I can be sarcastic about them a little bit. They, they, they are set aside because of that. And, and today we're going to be talking about an ancient name of God, an ancient Hebrew name. It's Jehovah M. Kadesh. And it means the Lord who sanctifies us. And here's where the connection is. To be sanctified means to be set apart. To be set apart as holy. To be set apart by God for his purposes. And so we're going to dig into this whole idea that God sanctifies us today. And so that's the first thing that you need to know. God does sanctify us. He sets us aside as holy. So, you know, there are two Hebrew texts where this title for God comes out. Uh, One is in the book of Leviticus. The other one is in the the, uh, prophecy of Ezekiel. So in the book of Leviticus, God tells Israel uh, the punishments for worshiping false gods, for consulting spiritual mediums and and those kinds of things because God wants Israel to be faithful to him and to him alone and 
to stop those sinful practices. And after he tells them this, then he says this. He says, consecrate yourselves, therefore, and be holy. For I am the Lord your God. Keep my statutes and do them. I am the Lord who sanctifies you. So again, to be sanctified by God means to be set apart or to be made holy, the same thing, to be set apart. Now, when God gave this prophetic word to the prophet Ezekiel, he tells Ezekiel to tell the Israelites that he's going to restore Israel because they've been taken off to Babylon in exile. And he says that God is going to restore Israel. He's going to bring them home, but they need to stop their sinful behavior And God will restore the covenant that he has made to Israel and he will bring them home. He says, I will be their God and they will be my people. And this is what God says specifically to Ezekiel. He says, my dwelling place shall be with them and I will be their God and they shall be my people. Then the nations will know that I am the Lord who sanctifies Israel when my sanctuary is in their midst forever. So in both of those passages, we learn that God is called Jehovah M. Kadesh, the Lord who sanctifies us. Now, theologians describe this kind of sanctification as positional sanctification. It's also referred to as justification. Uh, So it is only God who can justify a sinful person and declare them forgiven and righteous. And so here's a good working definition of what it means to talk about justification or positional sanctification. It is an act of God whereby God pronounces a sinner to be righteous because of the sinner's faith, in this instance, in the faith of Jesus. And it means that when we believe in Jesus, we have been set apart for God's righteousness, that we've been sanctified and we've been redeemed. And all this happens because God is Jehovah M. Kadesh, the the Lord who sanctifies us. So uh, why does he sanctify us? Well, let's dig into this. God sanctifies us to save us. So have you ever been desperate for help? You, have you ever needed someone to do something for you that you couldn't do? Uh, in 2006, I had uh, heart surgery for a birth defect that I was discovered a few years prior to that. And, uh, you know, obviously when you have surgery, you don't feel good after the surgery. Uh, there's all of that going on. But I remember when I'm in the intensive care unit waking up and, and opening my eyes and the room was spinning. So the first thing I did was close my eyes. I had vertigo, and, uh, you know, every time the doctors and the nurses and the staff would come in, they'd say, why are your eyes closed? I said, because when I open my eyes, the room's spinning. I think I'm going to get sick. So they started to help me because I couldn't help myself. I mean, I I was wiped out from the surgery. I was hooked up to all these wires and all these tubes, and, you know, I didn't have access to anything. And so um, they pretty much emptied the pharmacy trying to find something that would take the vertigo away. And hour by hour, it just stayed until sometime late that night, they found something to take the vertigo away. 
And I was so grateful uh, that I could, uh, you know, just deal with the other pains that I was going through from the surgery instead of having the room spin. But the, the deal was this, that I was helpless. I couldn't do anything for me. And that's what God, as Jehovah M. Kadesh, does for us. He sanctifies us. He does something for us that we cannot do for ourselves. He sent a Savior. A Savior who would deliver us from the penalty of our sinfulness and make us right with God, to establish a right relationship with us. The, the Apostle Paul explains what God did for us in Jesus this way. He writes, Christ made us right with God. He made us pure and holy, and he freed us from sin. Now, in the book of Hebrews, we read, it was God's will for us to be made holy by the sacrifice of the body of Jesus Christ once and for all. So it, it was God's will that we would be sanctified, that positionally we would be made holy. We would be set apart by God. He saved us from our sin because we were not able to do that on our own. He was the one who sent the Savior who would pay for our sins once and for all. That's why he sanctified us. But God also sanctified us to set us apart. Now, being set apart sounds a little like uh, becoming like somebody who has an attitude that's, that's holier than thou. I mean, we, we've all uh, been around somebody with that kind of attitude. That, that's not what we're talking about. Uh, in reality, though, uh, throughout our lives, we make many decisions to be set apart for one reason or another. The Apostle Paul actually talked about that process that happens as we mature, as we grow up. In the book of 1 Corinthians, in chapter 13, he writes this. When I was a child, I spoke and thought and reasoned as a child. But when I grew up, I put away childish things. Now, we, we all can see that process in our lives, how as we grow up, we set aside childish things so that we can now set ourselves apart as adults. Now, of course, we all know that guy, and yes, it's usually a guy uh, who seems to extend his adolescent years into his 20s, uh, maybe even into his 30s. Uh, but at some point, even those guys set themselves aside and apart to be an adult, setting aside their childish ways. You know, when we, entered into a, when we enter into a committed relationship uh, with someone, we understand that we've set ourselves apart emotionally and every other way to be in a relationship with that person. If, if we don't commit to setting ourselves apart and being faithful, that relationship will never last. If, if you or someone you know has ever struggled with some type of addiction, uh, you know, whether it's uh, drugs or alcohol or pornography or shopping or food or work or whatever it is, at some point to deal with that addiction, you have to make the choice to set yourself apart from the people, from the places, from the things that tempt you to return to that behavior. So when we believe in Jesus, God sanctifies us 
He sets us apart for a relationship with him. Now, before we were sanctified by God through Jesus' sacrifice, we were separated from God by our, our own sinful ways. Our lives were aligned with the ways of the world. But when we were sanctified by God through Jesus' sacrifice for our sins, we were forgiven. We were cleansed. Our sins were washed away. And we were joined with God. And thus, we were separated from the ways of the world. Jesus shows us the importance of this in a prayer that he prayed for the disciples 2,000 years ago, but for every generation of disciples afterwards. And, and these are his words. He prays, Father, I am not asking you to take them out of the world, but to keep them safe from the evil one. They do not belong to this world any more than I do. Make them holy by your truth. Teach them your word, which is truth. Just as you sent me into the world, I am sending them into the world. And I give myself as a holy sacrifice for them so that they can be made holy by your truth. So Jesus is describing the importance of being separated from the evil one, from Satan. We are sanctified and we no longer belong to the world. We belong to God. So we, we can see that being set apart, that, that separation. We are set apart because we have consciously said we do not belong to the world and we're no longer going to embrace the ways of the world. We belong to God and we're going to follow him. And so we've set ourselves apart saying we belong to God, not to Satan, not to the world. And the scripture tells us that God sanctifies us with the truth of his word. And, and Jesus concludes that part of his prayer foreshadowing his own sacrificial death to atone for our sins, the, the, the sanctification that he was going to give to the entire world. Now, Paul describes it this way, that, that God has rescued us from the kingdom of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of his dear son, the kingdom of God. In another letter, he writes, for once you were full of darkness... But now you have light from the Lord, so live as people of light. So we see this, that we, we have stepped away from the kingdom of darkness, the kingdom of this world, the kingdom of the evil one, when we have accepted what Jesus has done for us, and now we've stepped into the kingdom of light, the kingdom of God. When God sanctifies us, he sets us apart. He rescues us from darkness and brings us into the light of Jesus. And this happens not by anything we do, but by we accepting what Jesus has done for us. We believe what he has done for us and we trust him. God doesn't sanctify us just to set us apart, though. God also sanctifies us to set us apart for his service. Think about this. Each one of us has a calling. And that calling is to be a fully devoted follower of Jesus. And the Bible tells us that God wants us to be saved and understand this truth. We read about that in the letter to 1 Timothy. 
this is God's primary calling for all of us to understand that and to join him in the mission to share the gospel, the good news of Jesus with all people. So once we come to faith in Jesus, we become part of God's team, his, his mission team to share that good news. But, you know, unfortunately, too many of us don't take that calling to heart. We ignore it, or, or worse, our actions and our words don't match up with the reality that we've actually been set apart to share the good news of Jesus that was shared with us. The same good news that led to our salvation and our sanctification. But we've been set apart to share it. It's clear from the Bible that we all have this general calling from God on all of us. That, that we've been set apart to serve him. But not only do we have a general calling, we also have a, a specific calling that, that each one of us has to own. And I believe that each one of us is uniquely created and uniquely gifted by God with certain passions and certain skills that God desires to harness in use for service in the kingdom of God. And I see it in the way each one of us has been created. Each one of us has been wired with those talents and those passions and those gifts to use for God. So uh, let me illustrate that in just a couple of different scenarios. Some of you may have the passion uh, or, or the gifting to cook nice meals. God calls us to use our passions and our gifts and serve him and, and in his kingdom mission. So some of you may be aware that uh, every three months we go down to a homeless shelter in Hartford and we uh, make meals and we deliver them along with other uh, churches in the area that do that on a regular basis. And so those people who participate in that are using that passion to cook or that passion to help the homeless with their specific wiring and gifts. Some folks here at Valley Brook have a passion to work outdoors, and some of you may know that we have a wood ministry. We actually take the trees that have died or have been knocked down by uh, storms on our campus, and we cut that wood up, and we split it, and, and we provide it to low-income families that heat with wood to, to be able to come alongside of them here in the town of Granby. Um, I would say this, you know, there are folks in our church who aren't able to physically come to our campus and they attend online and, and God can use any of us, whether you attend in person or online, to, to be people who use their interest in social media to be a digital volunteer, to, to share and to like those posts so that those get out to a wider range of people. We have folks that use their organizational skills to, to do things like prepare us for the trunk or treat coming up next uh, Saturday or our live nativity coming up the first week of December. And we would encourage you, if you're interested in helping those, go find out more about them on our website. We have folks who use their desires and passions to serve in technology here in our sound booth, uh, working our cameras and the sound and the, all of the graphics that you see behind me. Um, some folks have a, a passion for teaching kids, and there's a whole host of people right next door right now teaching our children, our grandchildren, about how much God loves them and about what Jesus has done for them. So, I, I mean, I could go on and on, but I, but I hope you get the picture. Uh, God has set us aside, set us apart 
to be sanctified, to be saved, but with a purpose, to be a part of his kingdom mission, sharing the good news of the kingdom of God here and around the world. He wants to do that for us. We were set apart for a purpose, to play in the kingdom of God. So as you see, sanctification is both something God does to us, but also something that he calls us to participate in. But there's one other part of sanctification that it's important for us to talk about. God's, let's talk about God's desire for us in sanctification. Now, earlier I mentioned that theologians call the fact that God sanctifies us as positional sanctification. It's something that God does for us. But the Bible also refers to the process of sanctification, and so theologians call that progressive sanctification. This is the process of each of us becoming more like Jesus. Uh, Martin Luther, the great reformer from the 1500s, said this, a Christian is never in a state of completion, but always in the process of becoming, becoming a follower of Jesus. And in fact, when you read the book of Hebrews, you'll see that the author talks about this ongoing process of sanctification. Now, maybe you've run across this verse in the New Testament. It's from Philippians chapter 2. The Apostle Paul is writing, and, and uh, oftentimes people get tripped up by this verse. So I, I want to unpack it because it really talks about progressive, uh, progressive sanctification. So in Philippians chapter 2, verses 12 and 13, Paul says, Therefore, my dear friends, as you have always obeyed, not only in my presence, but now much more in my absence, Continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you to will and to act in order to fulfill his good purpose. So let me dispel something immediately. This is not talking about being a good person, doing good deeds, good works in order to be saved. That, that's not what it's all, talking about at all. It, it's really talking about progressive sanctification, us becoming more and more like Jesus by embracing the things that will help us grow in faith, that will help us lean in to the mission of the kingdom of God. It's us making choices that align with God and his will and what we see Jesus doing in the gospels. And it's letting the Holy Spirit Nudge us, lead us, guide us, and direct us to be on mission for the kingdom of God. So this idea of working out our salvation is, is really letting God grow us up in our faith, mature us as, as followers of Jesus. You know, the, the reason we exist as a church is to help people believe in Jesus and to become more like Jesus. It's our steadfast belief that God wants to bless you in this way, and we want to do whatever we can to help you experience in that. So the answer to why we exist as a church is what drives us in everything we do. It's, it's what drives us 
to put together this book, What's in a Name, so that you can study these ancient names of God. It's what drives us to offer to you this opportunity to join other small groups of adults in what we call life groups to, to study this material or, or to do it on your own because we know God works in us when we study his word, that we progress in our sanctification becoming more like Jesus. It's why we think it's so important to study God's word. Now, Helping people believe in Jesus and become more like Jesus is why we do everything we do, from Sunday morning to children's ministry to what we do in here to our life groups to what we do in our midweek programs for children and, and students, for everything we do in mission for God here at Valleybrook. We believe that becoming like Jesus is serious business. So remember what Paul wrote. He said, Continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. That shows you how important this idea of becoming more like Jesus is. Because here's the reality. Our sinful tendencies will pull us away from the kingdom of God and, and draw us to the kingdom of darkness. That, that's just human nature. We, we are sinners. Remember what Paul said. I read it a while ago, and I want to go back to it. He said, for once you were full of darkness, but now you have light from the Lord. So live as people of the light. To live as people of light is to lean in to sanctification. It's progressive sanctification. So let me ask a couple of questions. They're, they're defining questions. They're, they're personal questions. So I'm not expecting you to answer them. I, I just want you to think about them, consider them. Here's the first one. Are you leaning toward the kingdom of darkness or the kingdom of God? How are you being sanctified? What are you doing to become more like Jesus, what are the things that you can do to help you become like him? Now, those questions cause us to pause and reflect. They're not about shaming us or embarrassing anybody, but they're about reminding us to believe in and understand that we belong to Jehovah M. Kadesh, the Lord who sanctifies us, and we need to be reminded of our calling to be like the one who purchased our salvation. Let me return to that quote from Martin Luther. A Christian is never in a state of completion, but always in the process of becoming. So we must continue to pursue becoming more like Jesus and serving the purposes of the kingdom of God. I'm going to invite the worship team to come up because we're going to do something unique and the worship team is going to help us today. But I want to give all of us, every single one of us, an opportunity to decide. To decide to lean in to being more like Jesus and to let him use us, all of us, for his purposes. Yeah, earlier I said the, the reason Valleybrook exists is to help people believe in and become more like Jesus. And we believe the process of becoming more like Jesus means 
recognizing that everything that God has placed in our lives is what he wants to use to help people to believe in him and become more like him. So uh, when I say everything, I, I, I mean our skills, our passions, our talents, our treasure, I mean in our income, uh, our time on this earth, but I also mean our experiences and our own life story. When I say everything, really, it's what I mean, everything. God wants to use our successes and our failures, our abilities and our disabilities. God wants to use our, our hang-ups, our hurts, and our heartbreaks. You know, the Bible tells us this truth. It says, we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. So we've been called according to God's purpose. We've been called into the kingdom of light, the kingdom of God. And we have to decide if we'll let God use all of us and all that he's placed in our lives. I believe that once we realize that God has sanctified us and that he wants to use us in everything in our lives to let people know about Jesus and to help us become more like Jesus, we have to make a decision. And that decision very simply is, will I dedicate my life, my time on this earth to the purposes of the kingdom of God? Deciding to dedicate all of our things all of our lives, everything in our lives to God is called consecration. So this morning, I've asked the worship team to prepare a special song, a song of consecration. We're going to sing that song. The song is a new arrangement of an old hymn, Take My Life and Let It Be Consecrated, Lord, to Thee. And as we sing it, I want you to personalize the lyrics. I want you to really look at the lyrics because it's talking about all that God has blessed us with and consecrating it to God, setting aside for his use. He has positionally sanctified us, but he calls us to progressively go deeper in our sanctification of following him. So would you please stand as we consecrate ourselves to God, dedicate ourselves to his service, and, and then after that, I'll, I'll come back and close this in prayer. Thank you for listening to our podcast. It is our sincere hope that it has blessed you. For more information, visit our website at www.valleybrook.cc.